0: What's up, everyone? How you doing? Colin Egglesfield here, up for another episode of Coffee with Colin. It is Monday evening, and you all know what that means. It is time for another stimulating, amazing, inspiring conversation. And tonight, ladies and gents, I have a pal of mine from Hollywood. He is a uh, a very handsome dude. You know, over the past uh, few weeks, we've been having some pretty awesome dudes on here. Maybe we should change the show to uh, Coffee with some Studs, because over the past few weeks, we've been having some really amazing amazing, awesome dudes on here, and uh, we 're going to continue that continue that momentum with uh with my next guest. He is someone who 's been kicking around in Hollywood for quite a bit and he's created a uh, a, a nice little niche for himself in the shows that he 's done, specifically with some of the shows that he has worked on that have to do with being in the military so all of you out there who are in the military, I think you 'll find this. To be uh, enlightening and stimulating, and hopefully, hopefully, inspiring. Because everyone out there in the military, I uh, just want to say thank you for all of your service and what you do to provide safety and security for us here in the United States. I think a lot of the times we take for granted how dangerous and the uh, what the effects really are on soldiers around the world. And uh, my guest tonight actually plays a soldier who was in Afghanistan and Iraq, and uh, he becomes friends with an Afghani interpreter. And the interpreter comes over to the United States. The name of the show is called The United States of Al. And I can't wait to be talking to him about that show as well as his career path. And uh, I've known him now for a few years. We do some triathlons together. He's got a huge heart. He's been supporting St. Jude Charity, St. Jude Hospital uh, for quite a bit. Uh, he and our buddy Jeff Stoltz, who I've ha- I'm going to be having on the show here eventually. He's on an airplane right now, but uh, for tonight, we've got uh, we've got Mr. Uh, well, I don't want to reveal his name just yet, but um, we've got someone who you're definitely going to want to be uh, getting to know because this guy is definitely got a huge, huge career ahead of him, and uh, I hope you guys will check out his show, The United States of Al. He's also been on Suburgatory. And you guys may know him from the hit show *Imposters*, and then also on the show Enlisted that was on Fox for a little bit where he played one of three brothers and our buddy Jeff Stoltz was one of his brothers. So without further ado, ladies and gents, please bring to the stage Mr. Parker Young.
1: Let's go.
0: Hey,
1: man. Thanks for having me.
0: What's up, brother? Thanks for being here.
1: Dude, it's my pleasure. I'm, I'm really excited to be here. That was yeah. an awesome introduction, so thank you.
0: Yeah, well, thanks for taking the time. Um, I believe you're in the middle of shooting right now, or are you guys done for uh, season? Yeah, we're right in the middle of shooting season two.
1: Um, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like kind of frazzled. Uh, I, I just got done, with, uh, I just got done with, with, uh, with work today. I rushed home, and um, I had like 40 minutes before you and I were supposed to hop on and, and have this chat. And I like, I was, I was like clicking stuff on the computer getting the desktop ready. Uh, My laptop's broken. uh, And so I was like, okay, I'll use the desktop. And there was a button like uh, download new software. I didn't really pay any attention. I clicked okay. And it's like, powers down. And it's like 30 minutes until until it's
0: always happen right at the best time. So I'm sweating.
1: (laughs) We got this thing going. I apologize for being a little bit late.
0: All good, man. We've got plenty of people here who are really looking forward to uh, our conversation and hearing from you about your experiences in Hollywood, about pursuing your dream of becoming a professional actor. And uh, please, anyone out there, if you have a question for Parker, we'd love for you guys to type it in the chat. We've got a couple that have come in already, but uh, before we get to those, uh, Parker, you know, you're in Hollywood right now, right?
1: That's right. Yeah, we
0: actually, we're on set today, filming your show, United States of Al, right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I mean, don't you? I mean, you're on a hit TV show. Don't you have like a butler and a chauffeur and assistant to like get your computer and be like, "Here, Mister Young, here's your coffee," and here's like, w- what? What's the deal here, dude? Like, what's going on?
1: No, man, I'm, I'm, I'm the poor man's version of, of your, of your hit star. I'm, I'm, I'm a one man show here. No, thank goodness for my wife or I'd be a complete mess. She, uh, <laughs> she, she got, she got me like set up. All I had to do was basically like hit cancel on that little prompt, but I hit the wrong button. So uh, yeah, man, uh, it's, uh, I, I need some help. I definitely need some help. I need, I need a Miriam like you have. Is,
0: yeah. Miriam. Yeah, you uh, definitely do. You definitely do. Um, But just for you know, for everyone out there, I think um, because we people may see us on TV or in a movie, it becomes actors in a sense. Sometimes we get put up on this pedestal. And what I just try to tell people is like, you know, I'm just like a normal person, normal dude, just like, you know, anyone else. Um, So if you could just tell us a little bit about where where you come from and how you ended up in this crazy world of Hollywood uh, just to start.
1: Yeah. Um, I was born in Arizona. Um, I lived there till I was 18 through high school, moved out to LA, uh, right after high school. I think I was, I think I was just naive enough to, to think that I could make this Hollywood thing work. Um, uh, did a couple of plays and in, in, I think my junior year of high school, I started and was like, oh, this is fun. And I knew I wasn't going to continue playing football much longer. Uh, So, yeah, I moved out to Hollywood and just uh, just started pounding the pavement, you know, gotten every acting class I could was doing doing a lot of background work, you know, extra work and, uh, you know, self submitting for every audition, you know, possible, all the commercials and and, and student films and, you know, little by little dots started to connect. And I, I, you know, maybe got really lucky at times and, and tried to do
0: my best to capitalize on those
1: opportunities.
0: How and, soon did you get an agent when you first got out there? You
1: know, I think I got a manager first. Um, I don't think it took too long because I don't think he was probably a very good manager. Um, but, uh, but he helped me get my first agent. I mean, probably within the first, I want to say within the first year is my guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, and then the manager ended up not working out, but the agent helped me get a new manager, and then that agent didn't end up working out so my, that manager helped me get a that agent helped me get a new manager and a manager and I just kind of bounced around so I, until I have the team that I'm with currently.
0: And if uh, you could just real quick, if you could just share the difference between an agent and a manager for anyone out there who doesn't know the difference
1: yeah uh, <laughs> I'm trying to ask I try to answer that question. <laughs> Oh. um so the agent for the most part um at least in my experience so the agent the agent sends you the auditions you know the agent gets 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 the breakdown from casting of all of the the shows and movies that are that are uh in pre-production that, that are looking at cast actors and so the agent says oh you know they need a zach you know that's somewhere between 20 and 30 and they think oh you know parker might be good for this they send me the audition and i uh I prepare it. I walk into a room. I bomb the audition and don't get it. Uh, that, basically, the, the role of my agent, my manager is a little bit more hands-on. I'd say. Um, for me, it's been uh, you know when I, when I when I had no career, he was sort of the guy that would that would hold my hand and help develop me.
0: And, yeah, he's the guy you call after you suck at the audition and you true. cry to your manager like oh, I suck. This he's is never gonna work. He's the shoulder that I that yeah.
1: I percent to cry on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Agent helps you get the job. Manager is therapist, tra- uh, f- uh, travel agent, um, concierge. They're like <laughs> supposed to make
1: sure my computer works. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. So you you kind of bounce around between agent and manager. Um, yeah. Did you when you first got out to Hollywood? Because a lot of people who listen to the show are thinking about getting into the industry or they are thinking about making a career move. How did you, I mean, I guess when you said you were naive enough, I kind of feel like I was in a similar similar boat because I didn't really know anyone who was a professional actor. I didn't really know what it was all about. So I just kind of went out there just to more so to just see what it was all about, just to even explore. And then it was one of these things where I just kept meeting more people like you, jumped into acting classes, and then I just started The more I started meeting and networking with people, I started meeting the the right people that started to see if I had the talent. And then it just kind of kept building from there. But I think a lot of people don't even take that first step because they're worried that it's not going to work out. So what was your thought process when you were like, I'm just going to go out there. If it doesn't work out, I'll just come back to Arizona. Or what were you thinking when you first went there?
1: You know, I was, I was going to go to school in California. So I think my thought was, I'm going to, I'm going to, and I think I wanted to go to college in in California because in the back of my mind, I sort of wanted to try this acting thing out. You know, it just, it it excited me. I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. I think if anything, I probably wanted to, uh, I probably wanted to join the military, uh, but, you know, or be some sort of secret agent or something, you know? And, uh, I think that the next best thing was to just pretend to do that in, uh, on TV, and um, you know my parents were oddly encouraging. I think it's something that my dad uh, always wanted to do, and he probably would have really excelled at. So he was very encouraging, and uh, moved out to LA. Was going to go to school, and decided I, I did I, I didn't want to be half in. I wanted to just fully commit. So uh, so. I just, I just fully committed. Um, and I didn't know what that looked like. I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know anybody, uh, out here. I didn't have any friends and I was 18. So I couldn't even, you know, too young to go to bars. It was a weird, <laughs> really weird time. Um, but, uh, I just did what I thought sounded right. You know, which was why I was doing extra work. You know, I was just wanted to be on set. I wanted to, I wanted to, to see professionals doing it. And I remember, being there and watching them and, and just being like, man, that's so cool. Like maybe I could do that someday. And, and, and so I, you know, I really, I really count my lucky stars every day that I, that I, that I get to, that I'm, that I'm living it right now. And I, and mm-hmm. I try to day go by that I don't uh, really acknowledge how lucky I am. You know, it's easy to kind of take it for granted and think that, you know, I'm owed a job because it's what I do and I've been doing it for, for, a decent amount of time. But I think the biggest thing, you know, the the biggest lesson I tell people that want to to give it a go is like, first off, if you want to do it and you're passionate about it, like, do it. Like, just give it a shot. I mean, this is, this is, you got one life, man. This is, there's no, there's no dress rehearsal. Like, give it, give it a go. And if it doesn't work out, who cares? You know, it'll, things will unfold the way that they're supposed to. Uh, But if you do make that leap of faith, um, Every day, I mean, as much as you can, try to try to get out of your comfort zone. You know, really push push the edge of 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 of, of your comfortability. Uh, because it's a it's a, it's a scary thing, man, to, to give your to give your heart and soul into something to, to to go and 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 perform, to, 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 to share of yourself with with people that have the potential to say like, no, you're not the guy, go cry on your manager's shoulder. <laughs> yeah. uh, and um it's, 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 it's tough. And the more that we can just put ourselves out there and, and, and put ourselves in uncomfortable situations and, uh, you know, the more that we expand our being and what we're capable of. And, and that's all it's about getting out of our comfort zone and, and, and trying to grow and expand constantly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It definitely uh, isn't easy going into these rooms and feeling like you've got 12 people who, when I first started auditioning, I would get so nervous because it felt like they were just, the feeling is of judgment. When you walk into the room, what are they thinking of me? Are they gonna like me? Am I gonna say something stupid? Am I gonna screw up my lines? And auditioning and acting, I think is an amazing microcosm of life in general, because all of your insecurities that you have as a person get brought up in an audition. Like you cannot hide in an audition. And those first few times you may feel confident rehearsing in the mirror the night before, but as soon as you walk into that room, it is a whole different ball game. And what I loved about it was that even though it was like kind of scary having these people in front of me, I, what I liked about it was that you had to be truthful in that, in that room. You couldn't pretend, you couldn't lie. You couldn't, you couldn't be anything other than as truthful in the moment, and it's these moments in life that I feel like are um, the, the most worthwhile when you put everything on the line. And even if it doesn't work out, I feel like I always am proud of the fact that I got out of my comfort zone, that I pushed the limits, because as you were saying, you know, just getting out of your comfort zone, to me, the best things in life are outside of that comfort zone, And even if you are going to, you know, realize that you're not always going to succeed outside of your comfort zone, there's always something to be learned from every time you stretch the limits and push yourself. And that's why it's important to have someone like a manager or someone else in your life or a wife to be able to go to when you do have those moments where it doesn't work out. Um, And I want to get more into that further on, but as you were starting out and you started to audition and then you started booking some of these roles. Um, did you ever have the imposter syndrome feeling where you're on set? Because I did when I first started acting. I was like, oh shit, I got the role because I, I, I would book the audition. And then it was like, oh crap, now I actually got to film it. What if I screw up? What if they don't like me? Did you ever have that, that feeling of like, maybe I don't belong here or I didn't deserve it?
1: Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I, I I feel like I still have it at times, you know, this feeling of like, gosh, man, like, did I, did I somehow trick a group of people into, into giving me this opportunity? <laughs> I hope that I can, I can do this justice. I hope that I can, I can make the people proud that, that, that have gifted me this opportunity. And um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a funny thing, man. It's a funny thing. and, and, you know, even, even, even on this, my show right now, United States of Al, I, I, it was my first time doing a, a multi cam sitcom. Um, and so even though I've been acting for a decade, I, I was still new to this format. And, and so I was just trying my best to, 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 to learn every single day and learn from my mistakes and learn from this incredible team that I was working with from the other actors that, 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 um, that had worked in, in this particular format prior to the show um but yeah just s- still feeling like that that sort of that that hidden desire to please like i hope that i do a good job i hope that they're 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 happy with this which isn't which isn't a great feeling you know you want to just feel like you you can take ownership of the role and it's yeah. you know um I, I'm only starting to like settle into it. Like this is this. I, I'm in the right place, you know. And this isn't some sort of fluke. Um, you know, I've busted my ass and 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 I'm committed to to learning and growing and 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 really making this story the best that it can be. And um, and 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 just just doing this uh, this role and, and this role justice uh, to the best of my ability. Uh, but yeah, man, I feel that. I feel it all the time. Yeah. I feel all the time. You know, it's thank God it's it's a little bit less than it used to be yeah, oh, yeah I, I definitely
0: understand yeah. and i I definitely want to get back to United States of Al. but <clears throat> for right now we've got a couple of people with some questions here Tina Holden actually is saying imposter syndrome on imposters <laughs> um, tell us about imposters and what that show was about
1: yeah imposters um it was a show uh, it's a show about a woman who's a con artist and she She'll marry a guy. He falls in love. He falls in love with her, and then a few months later, she basically disappears, changes her identity, and takes all his money. Uh, I was one of the guys that was conned out of my life savings uh, by my wife. So I go on this mission to find her, get even with her, get my money back. And on my journey, I stumble uh, upon another guy and a girl that uh, that were also conned by the same woman. So we decided to team up and you know, go catch our wife, but we're all broke. uh, So we have to kind of become con artists artists ourselves uh, in order to track her down.
0: And so did you have to, like, because usually for TV shows, they'll bring in, like when I was training to be, uh, when I had to play a chef on Melrose Place, they had me go train with a chef. And, you know, when we're on set and we're working with weapons, they've actually got real police officers or, or military guys there that are showing you how to use the weaponry Did you talk to actual real con artists and uh, you you know, know, uh, reading from these guys?
1: We talked to a handful of magicians, so guys that could kind of just the art of deception. And uh, you know, in the show, there was a lot of pickpocketing and um, sleight of hand, so we 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 talked to those guys. I we didn't uh, I didn't go to any penitentiaries, you know, I didn't talk to any any, any, anybody, (laughs) to my knowledge, uh, really lived this particular, uh, experience, experience this for real. Uh, yeah, that would have been, that would have been cool. But yeah, we run a network called Bravo and, and Bravo decided to, to cancel the show after the second season. And then it, uh, they wanted to stick with, uh, re- more reality content. They wanted to get away from scripted content. And so they canceled the show and then it went to Netflix and it, and it found this massive audience base. It was a top 10 show for, a long time. Uh, and so it was, it was really sad. People were like, when's the third season? We're like, dude, we, we're done. You know, we're all off yeah. on you know, different projects now, which is such a funny thing about this business, man. Like,
0: Yeah, that I, I'm up and down. Like, and we chatted yeah. about that last week, just about the, uh, the highs and the lows and the, the successes and then the disappointments. And you mentioned that uh, just before you had booked United States of L, Um, you had had a baby, right? Congratulations.
1: Thank you. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, uh, and you just tell us a little bit about like where you were, because I think sometimes think that actors in Hollywood, it's, it's, it's glamorous, you know, and and it can be, but, uh, the reality is, you know, with acting, there's no guarantee that you're going to get your next acting role. Um, and you know, it's similar, like so many other professions out there, especially right now where so many people are having to do side hustles just to make ends meet. And and I think the the reality is out there too, that, that, um, you know, with acting when I love it, it's my, something I'm super passionate about and it can be incredibly uh, frustrating when you love something so much and you don't know if you're going to be able to do it again or to continue making it as a career. Um, tell us a little bit about how you mentally stayed resilient through that time period. To then book this next role? Yeah. So,
1: my wife and I got pregnant uh, during season two of Imposters, And, uh, you know, we, we thought the show was doing well. We thought we were coming back for a third season, um, you know, again, sort of taking it for granted, I, I guess, to, to a certain extent. And then <laughs> the show got canceled well we moved down to San Diego actually we moved down to San Diego while we were pregnant. I've got family down there. And, um, the thought was to be there for a few months, have the baby and then get the third season of imposters and move back to Canada to shoot season three. And right when we moved down there, the show got canceled, uh, right when we had our baby. And suddenly I was just like in San Diego as a new dad and no yeah. job. And, uh, just just had like a uh a bit of a a bit of a it was a scary time man. it was a scary. Yeah, yeah yeah it was a scary time i was reevaluating everything i mean i was i was i was really realizing that, that this is a profession that you know there, there's no there's no guarantees in anything in life but but you know in this business as you know it's it's so up and down and we're at the mercy of all these executives that decide suddenly that this particular show doesn't sell enough Dove soap, let's scrap it or it's not doing good enough in this demo or that. And uh, there's really no rhyme or reason to it. And um, yeah, it was, it was really scary for me (laughs) prior prior to that, to that moment. I didn't really care if I, I didn't care if I succeeded or I didn't so much monetarily at least because I didn't, I was, I felt like I was fine living on a buddy's couch if I had to, like I I, I didn't need, you know, I don't need a lot of things to be happy. Um, but then when I had that baby, <laughs> I was like, I need to be able to provide for my, my wife and my daughter. And It just really scared me. You know, it, it really, it really, it really scared me. And I, I, I was auditioning a lot. You know, I, I had been working for a good number of years and I was auditioning uh, and I, and I wasn't booking the way that I had anticipated. I, I, In my mind i was like you know i had been working for so long i just kind of expected i would be able to jump into another job the problem is you know like the more successful you get you start competing uh for better gigs i suppose against higher profile actors so you know the 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 competition never really gets any easier Hmm. and so you know there were a handful of jobs i really wanted more than a handful of jobs that i really wanted that, that that didn't go my way and um and it just it just I, I started to get really down on myself um i started to think that i wasn't good enough that i that i didn't have what it takes to succeed to, to 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 be to be in this business and to provide for my family and um you know it's it's a funny thing like when you're when you're auditioning for let's say the hero role you know the guy that that um that that Gets the girl and saves the day and beats up the bad guy and uh, you know the hero's journey and mm. put your heart and soul into it. You believe that you're you, you can be that hero and you go in and they're like eh, no yeah you know <laughs> you no know? and, uh, and you're but like
0: I, re- I like I rehearsed this for twenty hours. I worked with my acting teacher. I took vocal lessons. I did if you only knew what I did to prepare. Yeah.
1: Only knew and I was in San Diego, so it meant. Driving three plus hours up to LA for my fifteen minute, fifteen minutes of shame, and then <laughs> driving driving three and a half hours back down to San, San Diego. So it was this this massive investment of of time and energy and resources to be told I'm not the hero, and doing that over and over and over again. I was like, well, I guess I'm not the hero, you know, and 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 so who am I? I must be the antithesis of that. I must be a piece of uh, you know, a piece of garbage, uh, and um, so I just, I just, I just allowed that to like, I just allowed myself to believe that, man. I allowed myself to be really negative and pessimistic and yeah. stop focusing on the things that that I was grateful for, and yeah. Anyway, so I, I had that spell, right? And um, you know, through through a, through a series of uh, of events and 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 experiences in life, I sort of started to just shift that perspective and fall in love with what I was doing again. And, uh, and uh, to be honest, I was like about to, I was about to move my family to Costa Rica. I was like, dude, let me get off. Let me just get off the grid. And like, I'm going to go like take people on spear fit. I'll, I'll be like a spear fisherman or something. And mm-hmm. Just like in a cave you know, and, uh, and, uh, and just be happy, you know? And, uh, and then, and then the story came around and, and,
0: uh, and, you know, and I- what was the shift though? Cause we were chatting, last week, and you mentioned that there was a little bit of a mind shift switch that you little perspective shift on life and career that, uh, that I think what we chatted about was it, 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 we talked about when you are chasing something, sometimes you can chase it away. And when you take a step back and, uh, take your foot off the gas pedal a little bit, you invite more of, uh, if you want to, call it the law of attraction or whatever it may be because um, it's similar to my experience leaving LA to come to Chicago where very similar experience going to these audition after audition after audition after you know we've had a certain level of success it's not like we were out there and then nothing happened and then we would keep going on these auditions it's like once you get that certain level of success you're like okay that's where I expect to be True. and then would it just doesn't happen and, and you keep going over and over and over again, very same thing, started doubting myself, start, started questioning whether I had the talent to compete against, like you said, now you're competing with a higher caliber of actor for some of these other roles, these like higher caliber roles. And, um, and what we chatted about last week was uh, very similar to my experience in that you, uh, it, it seemed like you didn't, chase it so much or you weren't so attached to the outcome um and it was because you've uh, some of these soldiers that you had met these navy seals um, tell us a little bit more about that
1: yeah so i moved down to coronado it's where my family lives right now uh coronado is is uh, is where navy seals become navy seals it's where guys go through buzz uh and 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 become seals so it's a small community and, and when I was living there guys that were my age were I was no longer surrounded by actors and you know, uh, Hollywood types I was surrounded by these warriors I mean like just like just like a very different breed of human you know a very unique breed uh, and I became close with uh, a handful of these guys uh, it, kind of a funny story how I, how I became close with them but 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 I, I became really close to these guys. They became some of my closest friends to this day. And uh, it's funny, like when you're in your 30s and you you meet guys, you know, it's it's often, it's it's rare, I should say, that you meet best friends in your 30s, you know. And I feel really blessed that that I've got these guys um, that I consider lifelong friends now. But I had sort of realized that I'd spent my entire adult life in Hollywood, um, constantly just trying to be an actor uh trying to uh try, auditioning for things, uh trying to do whatever I could to like fit in yeah. to
0: the mold that I was supposed and get to get people to say yes. Yeah to the guy.
1: That was my entire life. I didn't right. have life after high school. Like I lived a normal human life up to eighteen and then eighteen and on was like actor world, you know, and, and so I was, I, I sort of realized, I was like, I want to just like live my life, I want to yeah. do things that I enjoy, and, um, and, and and not just pretend to do things that I, not just pretend, you know, acting is we're pretending, it, we're, we're play pretend, mm-hmm. so anyway, when I met these guys, we just started going on adventures, man, we started, uh, we started. So my buddy lived on a sailboat, and we just, we, you know, we'd sail to Catalina Island, We'd go spearfishing we'd go to joshua tree and go rock climbing you know repelling down mountains we'd uh you know we were camping and just just traveling and just like having a blast like just just doing just living living our lives doing you know, getting in martial arts taking up jujitsu like doing all these taking up slack line just all these things i'd wanted to do and now that i was pregnant about to have a baby i was like now's the time to get it in so uh I don't know how much of this next part i want to share but um so yeah so some of these guys are, are struggling with uh you know with ptsd as, as you can imagine and um you know there's there's sort of the traditional va route you know you go and you talk to a therapist and you can get prescribed a bunch of medications and and um you know a lot of them have found that that wasn't super helpful uh mm-hmm. The, the prescription pills and, and you know you take you take one and you need another one because it's giving you this mess side effect and you're on all these pills and um, they got turned on to more unorthodox approaches to treating PTSD uh, specifically uh, through the use of, of plant medicine mm-hmm. and uh, and I got invited to some ceremonies guys and and through these ceremonies they were able to To heal a lot of the things that they were suffering from uh that kind of bottled, and stored down deep the things you don't really want to deal with or don't know how to deal with and and uh and consequently for myself i was able to deal with a lot of things that i was i was struggling with personally and i think that uh, i just left with a with a newfound appreciation for for all of the things that i that i did have in my life you know these little that you that, that you talk about is just shifting to, to, to recognizing all of the things that I have to be grateful for and, and quit focusing on all the things that I wish I had, you know. And I think that, yeah. that was crucial for me in my life, you know, just to realize that I had I have this amazing family, I have this, this incredible daughter, I have these amazing friends, you know, all, all these things in my life that I that I wouldn't trade anything for. And uh, I think that was the shift that I needed. And, and until I had that shift, you know, why should I deserve anything else good in my life? You know, I needed to first appreciate that, which I did have. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that was, that, was, that was hugely valuable for me. Uh, and, um, you know, to, to quit being so hard on myself and telling myself that I was a piece of shit, you know, like, <laughs> you know, like,
0: <laughs> yeah. get over that. And, and, and uh, I'm sure being around these guys, these warriors... Um, And I don't know if you saw in the news, like these guys, these guys, I mean, just even their training, like this week there was a Navy SEAL trainee that died in training and another guy ended up in the hospital. I mean, the training that these guys go through, through BUDS, the training program to become a Navy SEAL in and of itself is like intense. And, uh, um, when you were with these guys, did, um, I mean, having, you know, th- these guys are going all over the world. They're doing, you know, things that we c- probably couldn't even imagine doing, like, you know, scaling walls. And I mean, you saw what these guys did when they went into Pakistan and uh, handled the whole Obama uh, or the Bin Laden situation. These guys, you know, see some stuff that we probably will never see. Um, did they share any of this stuff with you? And and was it is it difficult for them to to open up? Because men in general, we don't really talk about our feelings a whole lot to begin with. Um, are these guys any different than than just normal guys? Or do they? Uh, I mean, with this kind of training, is are there therapists that help with what they? see over there in, in like combat. And, and like you mentioned with PTSD, I mean, um, what was that? What were those conversations like?
1: Yeah, they, you're absolutely right. I mean, these guys have seen and done things that you and I will never see or do, you know, and a lot of it is really horrific. Um, and, uh, and, um, you know, but, uh, but, but, you know i don't i don't want to get political or say that war is necessary or, or anything like that but but sometimes there are jobs that, that need to be done and, and you know that it's it's it can be kind of bad jobs you know it's, it's a nasty it can be a nasty profession but someone's got to do it you know there are bad people out there man and it takes a bad dude to go and, and uh and 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 handle this this business you know mm. take, take care of what needs to be taken care of um and uh, it's it's you know they're they they're they're incredibly well trained uh, technicians operators you know they're the best in the world um, but they're still human you know and it's 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 a difficult job and uh, you know they're 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 really good at um, sucking it up and getting on with it and and not complaining and not uh, not 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 whining about you know being hurt physically but also not complaining about the mental toll that, 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 that this line of work uh, has on on the body and on the mind, mm. and uh, so yeah, it's it's brutal. And 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 you know, the Navy, the government tries to have um, you know tries to take care of these guys as the best they can, um, but there's only so much you can do. And I think that's why a lot of guys are drawn to these these unorthodox approaches that I that I hope you know are, are becoming increasingly popular. Um, mm. It's it's it's. Uh, I hope that that, that it continues to trend in this direction because I've seen such, such incredible change and improvement in guys that, that are, that are, that are um, allowed to try out these, these, these unorthodox approaches. Mm -hmm. But as far as them sharing with me, I mean, it's, it's a group of guys that, you know, they're, they're not, they don't do what they do so they can brag about it or get the accolades. You know, this is, this is oftentimes uh, a thankless job and, uh, and so they don't, they don't like to boast. They don't like to brag. They don't, they don't like to really share much. Um,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but, uh, but, but yeah, they, they've opened up to me about, about their experience. Um, uh, you know, both in training and, and, and overseas deployed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm honored that, that some of these guys feel safe enough to share with me. Um, uh, and i'm not going to you know, i'm not going to i'm not going to share uh too much about what they've what they've what what's been shared with me but uh mm. but yeah it's brutal man it's a, it's a tough job and yeah. a lot of veterans have a have a hard time coming out of the military i mean they say 22 veterans kill themselves every day I mean, that is a that is a startling yeah. statistic uh because we don't know how to help you know it's, you send these young men to, to do this job and then you know we kind of say thanks for your service, uh, get on with it. And uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a harder thing, it's a harder thing to do than I think we realized as civilians. And um, mm-hmm. that's partly why I'm so honored to, to be telling this story, playing a veteran who's yeah. in the process of, of, of readjusting the civilian life.
0: Yeah, well, I couldn't think of a better, more qualified uh, actor to play the role that you're playing, not only in enlisted, but also now in the United States of Al. And the show I mentioned at the beginning of uh, of the show tonight is about a soldier. You were in Afghanistan. You meet this Afghani interpreter, and you know I think what we saw a few months ago with um, not sure if many of you saw this, but from my understanding is we had we had said to a lot of these interpreters that if you help us while we are over there, we will try to do our best to get you and your families over here i don't know the specifics maybe you can share some some insight on that because i would think that's you would touch on that um in the show and tell us a little bit about how you got the role because i think it's it's amazing how the universe has a a way of uh of picking the best actor for the role and whenever you know i teach acting class now and i I heard this from one of my acting teachers and she said that it's not the casting director or the producer or the director that picks the actor for the role. It's the character itself that picks the right person that, to play that character. And the fact that you got cast to play this character in the United States of Al uh, says a lot about, obviously, um, you being able to walk into that room and play that character. But the fact that before the show even happened, you were down there. In San Diego, we're thinking about maybe moving to Costa Rica and giving up acting. And you're around these guys. You're hearing their stories. And now you have the opportunity to now be on the show and have a platform to share what these experiences are really like. I think it's—I uh, think you're the perfect guy to be able to tell this story. So we'd love to hear a little bit more about what the whole <sighs> setup of the show is and, um, and how true to life do you guys try to be? Yeah, well, thank you for saying
1: that, man. I, 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 um, yeah, I feel really blessed, man. I feel, I feel really blessed that that this story fell and came into my life. I, I, I think that it would not be my, to your point, I think it, it would not be my story to tell had I not had these experiences with these guys. Um, mm-hmm. You know, to me playing a soldier or playing a veteran is uh, is very much akin to stolen valor uh it's very much akin to a guy putting on fatigues and walking into a store trying to get a discount on his donut pretending to be uh, someone who served who hasn't and so it's, it's not something that i take lightly and uh i'm so grateful for the relationships that i have and and i'm so grateful when they when they when they when they tell me that they're 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 happy to have me you know represent them in the telling of this story and to, to give me their encouragement you know um i've got texts from some of my buddies that are just like so encouraging it means so much to me because mm. i was i was i was coming on to do this talk about imposter syndrome and i was just like shoot man like can i can i do this justice can i can i live within the confines of the multi-cam format and yet give this give this everything that it deserves this is not a laughing matter it's a very serious issue and yet we we are we are we are making a comedy, uh, so I was I had a lot of nerves of, of, around it, and, and that's why I was just so grateful for all the experience that I had and, and everything that they shared with me about. You know, I was out in the desert doing these these, these plant medicine ceremonies with a, with just groups of veterans, just a bunch of guys that are just that are just trying to heal and get better, a bunch of a bunch of of of, of, of our nation's baddest warriors, and then like this like dork actor you know, (laughs) I found myself in this, in this position is, was really bizarre. And, uh, and, and, and to your point, very serendipitous. And, uh, and so when I, when I, when I got the script, I was like, I was like playing golf with my buddy, one one of my team guy buddies. And I was like, dude, look at this, man. I'm like, this is your life. You know, he was, he was, it was literally what he was going through. And, he was like, we couldn't, we just couldn't believe it, you know? And it, it was just, audition, you know, it was, so I was like, you know, it, it, I, there was no guarantees at all. Obviously I know that, that I was going to get it, but I go, I meet with casting and then I, you know, meet with producers and I, 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 I was getting to kind of the final stages of things when I was about to test for the project and, and testing dude, i sure, I don't know if you've gotten into what testing is like. Talk about a, a gnarly process, yeah. but, uh, but I wrote this long email just saying, by the way, guys, like, since I'm a finalist, you know, in terms of the guys you're looking at, I just, I, I want you to know that I have this experience with these guys that, that I think is a bit unique. And I, and I just wanted them to know, I wrote this long email and at sort of the, the 11th hour. I decided not to send it. I was like, if this is meant to be, it's meant to be, and, you know, I'm not going to try to sway them with, 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 with some sort of email. Hmm.
0: And it was all said and done, you
1: know, I got the part and, uh, it was, you know, it just, it just, it really made me reevaluate kind of my perspective on life. And maybe there is some truth to this idea that things unfold as they should, when they should, and and, and the right person, uh, the right job is, is meant for the right person, you know, and to trust yeah. it would save us a lot of angst and turmoil every time something doesn't go our way rather than right. curse the heavens, realize that it just means that.
0: So that the was- universe saying, this is not for you. I yeah.
1: And I, I think back to all the jobs that I was so upset that i didn't get but had i gotten them i would not have been available for this job which 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 i'm, I'm which is the right job for me right now to tell this yeah. story. so so yeah man it's 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 cool when we can kind of tap into that way of looking at things as opposed to the uh, the other perspective and uh and and to, to your point about the you know your question about the the interpreters yeah dude it was a it was a it's a crazy situation you said that we told them that we would you know we told the Afghan interpreters that we would try to get them and their families out. It wasn't that we told them we would try. We essentially promised them that if they helped us, if they helped our troops, we would help them. We would bring them to the United States. It, it was a promise because by doing what they did, they were putting their heads on the chopping block. They were, go- they, they are going to be killed for helping US forces. And yet we could not have done what we were doing over there without them. So we say, hey, Here's a piece of paper that says you helped us. You know, you are you are you are helping us with our mission. We will take care of you and your families. And uh, and then suddenly, you know, when, it was, when we when we withdrew from Afghanistan, you know, thousands of these guys and their families were being left behind. Thousands of these guys were like, "Wait, wait, wait! Here's here's the promise that you made. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, what 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 about all, all my years of service? You know, these guys were serving our country." Uh, standing shoulder to shoulder with, with our men and women uh, fighting the Taliban. And mm. and then we just dipped out and uh, these guys are getting killed and in and, and, and the most horrific ways. So uh, this was all happening right as we were, uh, our show was coming onto the air and mm-hmm. a very challenging time. And we're like, great. So now we're telling a, a story about, um, you know, a veteran and, and an interpreter. Wow. This, this, this crazy mess is happening. And, and, what a challenge that was, you know, and, and talk about wanting to do something justice and not make light of a situation, but also understand we had an incredible platform and an opportunity yeah. to, to shine a light on this experience and hopefully help to get as many uh, of our allies out of that country as possible before mm-hmm. them and their families were killed. So our first, uh, our first episode of season two was, uh, we didn't have a single joke. You know, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was a drama that we shot like a, like a multicam with four cameras. And, and it was, it was, a it was, a, it, was, a, it, was a, it was based on the true story of our military advisor fighting to try to get, um, one of our Afghan writers, family members, out, uh, some of our Afghan writers family members out of Afghanistan. And so, what was, what we were telling, what we were doing in real life, we were also writing about. And it was just this, this crazy time of, of trying to make a show while also trying to get loved ones out of Afghanistan, uh, and then try to segue that crazy situation into a laugh out loud comedy that, 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 that America can enjoy. So yeah, it's been a crazy process, man. It's been a crazy process. Um, but, uh, Gosh, such a, such a, such a beautiful and fulfilling one. Though. So great. Yeah.
0: And a your co-star, he's amazing. You know, oh, thanks, I've, man. I've, yeah. I've seen a couple of episodes. He, where did this guy come from? He's so, yeah. funny. he's so funny. Uh, is he from Afghanistan?
1: No, so he's not, he's not, he's, uh, he's, he's, um, he's from South Africa, uh, of Indian descent, and he took a lot of heat for that. Um, they tried, mm. you know, really hard to find a. are just not a lot of Afghan actors, and uh, he's been he's been around. He's been uh, he's worked in a lot of a lot of multicams, and he's 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 just an incredible actor. And so we they hired a deer, and he. We've surrounded him with Afghans, Afghan writers, Afghan producers. Uh, I like coaches, you know, and so he's done everything he can to really, really do this justice. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, I I, I feel very grateful and honored to work with him.
0: And you said one of your writers that's on the show while you were filming the show, literally he was having communications with his family over in Afghanistan, trying to get his family here to the United States.
1: Yeah. Yeah. uh, uh, One of our male writers and a female writer were both... We're both struggling to get their family out of Afghanistan, and uh, a lot of sleepless nights. We, um, you know, it was, it was around the clock trying to call, call, in every favor we had, trying to get a hold of Marines that were that were on the ground in Afghanistan, and we had, you know, we'd be like, wave you know, wave your hand, and trying to get through the crowd and trying to get them out out of the country. It was it was really uh, really scary. And me and Adir and uh, our military advisor Chase. Uh, and uh, one of our writers from Afghanistan, Habib, we flew to Washington, and uh, we flew to D.C., and we, 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 we uh, asked the president to, to, to please do everything that he could to try to, um, to, try to get these people out, uh, get, these, get, get our allies out and their loved ones. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we were doing everything we could. Uh,
0: yeah, so what, what's been the result? Have they been able to get these interpreters out of there? We were able to get their family out.
1: Yeah, we were able to get their family out. Um, I mean, not all of their family members, but uh, but, a, but a few of them. And I think it's yeah. it's a touch and go situation, man. It's 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 it's, it's scary. I mean, it's it's, it's it's a massive humanitarian crisis right now. Uh, mm-hmm. It's 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 really it's it's really devastating. And so we're still doing we're still trying to do fundraisers, we're trying to get the message out and, and get people to uh, to uh, to not forget about.
2: About
1: yeah. Afghanistan have helped us, and that we've, you know, had such a massive impact on their lives by being at war over there for 20 years. Uh, yeah, so it's, it's an ongoing battle.
0: Is there a way for my audience, anyone out there who's watching this, to be able to support or get involved or to that, try to make a difference with this?
1: That's awesome, man. Thank you. Yeah, a recent post on my Instagram. Uh, there's some links to to. To play, I think it's my most recent post. Probably um, there's uh, there's some links on there. That's probably the easiest way to go. Uh, just go to my Instagram, go to my recent post, and and uh, there's there's uh, it tells you where you can go to help help okay.
0: So everyone, right now, whip out your phones, follow Parker Young on Instagram, check out his bio, and just start doing a little research on uh, on ways that you can help and and spread the word and just raise more awareness to this. And by all means, absolutely, definitely watch Parker's show. And I, you know, I think what's great about what you guys are doing Parker is that you definitely are bringing, you know, a spotlight to something that is so necessary to be, uh, to create awareness around. And, um, and the show is great because it's, it's, it's realistic. It's heartwarming, but there's some levity there where, uh, it, it definitely is It's an entertaining show to watch, but the fact that you guys are able to, to be able to present such a sensitive subject matter in such an incredibly well-done way is like huge kudos to you, to Adir, uh, to your writing staff, to the producers. This is not an easy thing to do. And then also on top of it, there's the difference between single cam and multi-cam, which is most sitcoms. Are filmed in that four-camera format, like Friends and Cheers, and most traditional sitcoms as we know them are filmed in that four-camera format. And uh, and the fact that you're doing this is it a live studio audience that you're doing this in front of? It was supposed to be,
1: but because of COVID, we we haven't been able to have a full audience. So we've got you know a handful of a uh, handful of producers behind the monitor laughing, and and we've got the crew laughing, but that's that's all we yeah. got. That's what we got to work with. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, dude, I feel really lucky. We've got an incredible team. This is this is the team that came off a of big bang for twelve years. I mean, Chuck Lurie and, yeah. and uh, you know, the Chuck Lorre, I mean, I, I just feel so blessed to be work, learning, and 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 working with the best. Yeah, wow. uh, Ferrari, Dave Getsch, I mean, these this this team is is incredible, and I am just yeah, I'm just uh, just really grateful to work with them.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Uh, one of our one of our um, audience members, Marisa Costa, asked. Uh, what role did you think was the uh, the life changing role that you've had in your career? Um, the life changing, you know, every every role
1: has been life changing for me. It's always been, you know, I I've been, I feel so blessed every time someone thinks that that, that I that I am. Even slightly deserving of, of, of being a part of their project, I'd have to just say the first one, which was suburgatory, because I really had done nothing prior. So, so that team really had to take a chance on me, um, and uh, and so that was that was that was probably what got it all started. Um, you know, got me working in network television, working in comedies, working with with uh, incredible actors and writers, and uh, so that was huge. I mean, uh, but um, all of them. I mean, Enlisted was was an awesome an awesome opportunity for me. I had such a great time doing that. Imposters was was so much fun. And I, I, I learned and grew in different directions from that. And then this show is really, uh, you know, it, it's really, I guess, life-changing. Sure. I mean, it was, it was, it's, it's been, it's my first time really being a lead of a show or a co-lead of a show and, and, and on this, in this particular format, as you described and, and, uh, with this subject matter, um, I, I I'm just so grateful for this. You know, I I, I yeah. think there's time when I was like, oh man, I don't want to get stuck on a show for ten years. I want to be able to try different projects. I'm like, dude, let me ride this. The <laughs> oh, wheels fall off. I'm having yeah. such a good time. so uh, yeah. Yeah, I hope we get to keep doing this for some time.
0: What would you say is the biggest difference between multi-camera and single cam? Dude, it's crazy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> multi-camera is crazy because you've you've got an you've got an audience. You've got you've got a uh, there are people laughing so you you know you're doing the scene and then all of a sudden you got like
0: to- doing a play right it's
1: like doing a play it's like doing a yeah. play and you have you have to hold for audience laughter you've got to know where that's supposed to happen and, and sometimes it happens in places it's unexpected but the thing i've learned about multicam is it's such a it's such a beautiful rhythm you know they talk about comedy being akin to to music. Uh, and it, it, I really am, am seeing that in the multi-camp format, just the the setups and the jokes and, and just seeing the flow of, of the episode is, is really beautiful and, and starting to kind of read that uh, and understand that, 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 uh, that flow has been, has been really cool. Um, also you get way less takes. I mean, yeah, everything's shooting all at once. So you kind of do the play of it and, uh, and you know, they're shooting, they're getting all the coverage and, and, and you move on as opposed to single camera, you know, we shoot you then we, you know, we shoot right. me. And, and, uh, when, when, when the camera's on me, maybe I have more Liberty to improvise and play around because it's just on me. But when it's, when all four cameras are shooting,
0: everyone is on. Yeah. So you yeah.
1: have, <laughs> so really have the, have the beats dialed in. Uh,
0: yeah. Um, and but, do you shoot every day? Cause I've, I've seen a couple of filmings of, of, uh, multicam. I watched an episode of friends so with friends, they would they would show up to work on Tuesday. They would start doing table read, rehearse Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, shoot the show on Friday. And we showed up at like 5 o'clock at the Warner Brothers lot. And they started shooting around, or maybe it was earlier, we started shooting around 5 or 6. And by 11 p.m., they still hadn't finished. And I left just because they still had like probably another hour um and they brought pizza in for the audience. Yeah. Um there's microphones that hang from the ceiling so that the microphone will pick up your actual laughter. Um do you guys shoot every day or is it just you rehearse and then shoot that one day?
1: Well we we rehearse Mondays and Tuesdays, uh and yeah. then we shoot Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Okay. Yeah. Uh I think the plan was rehearse Monday, Tuesday, maybe pre-shoot some stuff Wednesday, Thursday, and then and then do the live audience on Friday you know, run the show for the audience, but yeah, because we can't have an audience, we just shoot Wednesday, Thursday, Friday.
0: Got it. Yeah.
1: I hear, you know, I've only, I've only, I shot one pilot with an audience, one multicam pilot. And it was, it was a lot of fun and terrifying. And I, I think majority of the, of the actors would love to have the live audience and just have that energy. But, um, there's it's something nice about not feeling like we have to play to a, to an audience, but we can really mm-hmm. take time and find a lot of these, uh, these moments that, 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 that need care and, and, and thought, you know, because we're dealing with, with difficult subject matter. Yeah. So it's nice to not yeah. have to cater to an audience.
0: Yeah. Awesome, dude. Well, I, uh, I want to wrap up here by asking you a few questions about your favorite movies. Are you ready to jump into, uh, the, the, uh, the, Particular pick six part of the show where I'm going to ask you your favorite movies and a little bit about your favorite actors. Cool man, let's do Ready? it. Ready? Yeah. All right. So, what is your favorite movie of all time? Dude, I'm going to have a
1: hard time with all these questions. I bet. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to. The first thing that comes to mind is is Gladiator. I I, yeah. I haven't yeah. seen it in a while, but man, that's a, that's a great movie.
0: Yes, absolutely. Yeah love Russell Crowe and that movie is, uh, is what helped me get through my cancer experience. Oh, cool! Yeah, man. Just, uh, yeah. walking up to Sloan Kettering hospital every time I had to go in for my chest x-rays and blood yeah. tests and all that stuff. I'd literally try to take on the persona of Maximus walking up there and just pretending I was about to go into the gladiator arena. Just, wow. uh, and that's yeah. the power of, of movies and film and, That's why I absolutely love what I do because we get to step into playing these different characters that we wouldn't normally think that we would have this type of courage. And this is what I actually teach in my acting classes and in some of the other things that I I teach that um, it really is starting. What I've learned from acting is that by borrowing some of these superhero characteristics of some of the characters that I've played, it has helped me become more brave in my real life. It's, enabled me to become a better communicator because I'm reading all of these amazingly written scripts that I wouldn't have never known how to communicate or say the things that I've always wanted to say to people. And boom, it was right there on a script. And I was like, this is what I've been wanting to say my whole life. I just didn't know how to say it, you know? And so it's been great training for me to be able to start assuming some of these characteristics of some of the characters that I've played to be able to then take that into my real life. And, uh, (laughs) That's just one of the, the things, I guess, byproducts of being an actor that uh, I've found to be incredibly beneficial. Mm-hmm. I, um, love that, I love that, man. A little side tangent. Um, what, is your, what was your favorite movie growing up when you were a kid?
1: Um, as a kid, <laughs> I keep thinking of... Uh, I keep thinking of Lion King but that's when I was like a toddler uh when I was a kid. I love the Matrix, man. Yeah. I Get love it. the Matrix. Yeah, like uh, whatever age I was when the Matrix came out, I was just like, fascinated. Um Yeah, I'm going to say the Matrix.
0: Okay. Awesome. Red pill or blue pill?
1: <laughs> <There's> <laughs> It was the uh whichever one was the truth pill? I think it was the red.
0: Okay. Yeah. Uh, what's your favorite comedy?
1: Uh first thing that comes to mind is Step Brothers. I uh, awesome. I love that movie. I, I love Will Ferrell man. I think he is such a genius.
0: Does this mean we're best friends? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Um, what is your favorite romantic comedy? Gosh, um, are you and your wife romantic comedy watchers? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean,
1: I, I, my wife is such a trash TV like uh, like uh, <laughs> Housewives watcher. That's her good to. <laughs> uh, but uh, romantic comedy.
0: Does she have you watching The Bachelor? You I mean, know that's what she doesn't watch.
1: She's she's into these. She's into the, the Housewives girls yelling at each okay. other. Uh, yeah, um, rom com. I don't know. Have you been in a rom com? I feel like whatever rom com you've been in is
0: yeah. We'll, we'll just say something borrowed. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, how about what? Who's your favorite actor?
1: Colin Fairsfield. Oh yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. But, uh, I uh, you probably haven't even seen any of the movies that I've been in, <laughs> <laughs> dude. <I'm- laughs>
1: And I'm a huge fan of everything, dude. I'm so impressed with you, man. That you that you're an actor. You got this podcast. You coach, you, you're coach. You're you're teaching acting. All your business stuff. I'm 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 really, man. I'm really impressed. Really Thank impressed.
0: You. with how You're doing. Thank you. Appreciate yeah. it. I should yeah. jump and, in and pop into my acting class sometime. I'm sure my my students would love to hear from you. I'd
1: love to, man. I'd love to. Uh, you know, I'll say. Uh, was, uh, gosh, there's so many. I'll say. You know what? Uh, Sicario just popped in my mind. I'm gonna say Javier Bardem.
0: I'm gonna say oh yeah. Awesome actor. Sure. Do you know Ian Harding? He was an actor uh, from Pretty Little Liars. Okay. Yeah, he just brought up um, we had a chat with him last week. He brought up Javier Bardem as well. Cool. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And favorite actress? Um,
1: you know, I just uh, uh Gosh, Charlize just popped into my head. Dude, I saw Atomic Blonde uh, again recently, and she's such a badass in that movie. Have you seen that movie, Atomic Blonde? I haven't seen it. Dude, she is no. such a badass, man. I'm, I, was, I was so impressed with the action in that movie. is just she, – she crushed it. So I'm going to – also, I'll say her.
0: Yeah. Hey, I'll take it. I'll take it. She's one of my faves as well. Yeah. Um, and uh, – Lastly, we uh, we didn't touch on our triathlons. We For a few years, we were going to Miami. We were doing the Malibu triathlon. Things have yeah. kind of been a little disrupted with COVID. Um, are you planning on doing the any of the triathlons again? Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
1: I, just, I just thought of it, man. And uh, anyone out
0: there, if you want to see Parker and me in spandex running around just uh, puking our guts out, feel free to – come to South beach or Malibu yeah. for our next race.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's been a little thrown off with COVID, but uh, I, I definitely plan on getting back out there and puffing uh, and puffing for the kids for sure. Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. Have you, did, you actually, uh, did you actually visit St. Jude hospital? I did. Yeah. Jeff and I went
1: and visited. Um, yeah. We went to Tennessee and we visited the hospital and took a tour. Life, yeah. To Gosh, man, what an incredible organization! Uh, the yeah. fact that St. Jude is is on the forefront of, of research and treatment and taking care of these kids, and and yet their families never receive a bill for treatment, housing, food, nothing, you know, St. Yeah. Jude at all. So that all parents have to worry about is, is is helping their baby to live. I think that's I think that's incredible.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, everyone out there, make sure you guys donate to St. Jude next time. Parker and I are. Uh, doing our fundraisers because it is an amazing organization and uh parker thank you so much for being here man appreciate your time appreciate Thanks for having me calling this was really curiosity. fun yeah and uh last question i like to ask my guests before they uh jump off is what is something in life that inspires you um
1: i mean my family my family uh those who came before me and, and those who have come after. My, my, I'm so inspired by, by my, uh, my parents. Uh, I mean, I, I just, I, I, I hope to be as good of parents as, as they are. Uh, I'm inspired by my, my brother, my sister, my, my, my wife, my daughter, um, really all, all the people that I love in my life. I'm, I'm just so, so impressed with and, and, and yeah, I'm so inspired by. They inspire me to do my best and, and to be yeah. my best
0: day that's awesome man well you inspire me you've inspired i'm sure everyone here on uh on this interview and dude thanks so much appreciate everything that you do keep up the amazing work and uh just keep doing your thing brother all the support in the world to you um send you a big virtual hug it's been a while i haven't seen you in person but uh great to see you to share a beer sometime soon
1: absolutely man absolutely great to see you yeah (laughs) thanks again i uh Look forward to talking to you soon,
0: man. All right, sounds good. Take all care,
1: better.
0: dude. Wow, 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 um, guys! You got to check out United States of L. Um, I think after this conversation, I think we're all we've all been touched and moved, and I think the uh, the the actual just the the reality of the whole situation that's going on over there. I think uh, we we just it's easy for us to, to turn a blind eye to it and, uh, and not think about it, but this stuff is what's really going on out there in the world. And the fact that Parker and his uh, and and Chuck Laurie and the whole amazing staff over there at United States of Al is, uh, is bringing this type of um, bringing the subject matter to light and doing it in such an amazing and uh, incredible way with levity and, uh, and just class. You guys definitely have to check this out. And, um, Yeah, I just want to say thanks again for you guys being here. Uh, We are getting close to wrapping up this season and uh, hope to have just more of our uh, continued conversations, amazing conversations here in the the next few weeks. I think we're going to be wrapping up here at the end of March. Um, So anyone out there who is uh, thinking about wanting to have a special guest on here, feel free to send us some recommendations. We always love to hear some recommendations of who you guys want me to interview on the show. Um, but, um, just before I jump off here, just want to encourage you guys just to take what Parker said today in terms of getting out of your comfort zone and, um, and just truly just enjoy life. I think what we can take from our, his interview tonight is that, you know, sometimes it's important for us to take a step back in life and really think about how we are living our lives. You know, it, it sounds like what Parker really got out of his, uh, taking a break from Hollywood was that uh, just going out to live life and just do the things that he always wanted to do. And by doing that, by just living your life on your terms and doing the things that really inspire you and light you up, amazing things end up coming to you. So it's not necessarily about always going out there and chasing and trying to grab onto the things that we want in life. Sometimes it's, it's better to just turn inward and start doing the things that matter most to us And in that process, when we are happy, we start vibrating with that that frequency and that resonance of of whatever it is that is going to be invited into our world that is vibrating from that same frequency. If you want to hear more about what I'm talking about, just rent the movie The Secret or join us in my next Inspire course. And of course, after uh, Coffee with Colin tonight, we are going to be jumping on for another episode or edition of... Uh, Coffee with Colin post show. Where if you guys want to jump on, we do a little conversation on Patreon. So if you want to join us on Zoom, we jump on uh, a Zoom call and talk about everything that we chatted about in the show. And then also during the month, we do different fun things like cooking with Colin, and uh, and we do something called Hour of Empower. And if you are interested in uh, in getting connected to an incredible group of people who like to have deep conversations. And uh, further, the type of conversations that we had tonight, such as the ones that we had, um, the one that I had with Parker tonight, and each and every week that we we talk about on Coffee with Colin, would love for you to join us um, in that group. It's an amazing group of people. And uh, a bunch of you who are on here tonight uh, are part of that group. So I just want to say thank you for being a part of that and look forward to seeing you guys all next week. And, uh, have an amazing rest of your Monday night. We'll see you guys all very soon, All right, Take care for now.